is your ideal buyer an executive or the C-suite? Then stop right now. Stop writing that how-to post because they are not Googling how to structure a blog post. They are looking for something bigger. They want original research that can help them inform their marketing decisions. That's why you need to move beyond focusing exclusively on SEO content. I mean, do a little, but not exclusive. By conducting original research, creating reports, and repurposing those reports, you get the biggest ROI from your marketing efforts. And that's what we're all about, using your time efficiently and effectively. So join me and Aaron Balsa in just a few minutes as we chat about how to use original research for your content marketing. See you soon. Hello and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noel Block and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready, it's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Erin, let's talk about content research. Let's do it. All right, I took your course. And I thought it was brilliant. And I want to start with the why. Why is original research so important in content marketing? It's important, especially in B2B content marketing, especially for companies that are selling into senior executives. Because a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people think you can just write these basic SEO blogs. You know, what is employee engagement? Okay, well, that's good if you want to get, you know, someone who's super junior in their career that doesn't even understand that. But if you're trying to sell into a C-suite, into the CHRO or the VP of People Ops, they're not going to be searching for what is employee engagement. In fact, they might not even be searching for anything because they get information from their peers, from their Vistage group, from these different places. And so what you need to do to capture their attention is create thought leadership. And original data is one of the easiest ways to do that because true thought leadership is very, very rare, right? So original data is thought leadership and something new that executives will look at and will talk about and share. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Every conversation I have with a CMO is about like the latest Forrester study that they received. And it de- it's not just stuck with like research companies to be able to do that. Brands can do it too. And I want to talk a little bit about the earned media that you can expect from original research. Let's look at original research versus like a standard content marketing campaign. What's the difference in the impact with earned media? The word expect, I just want to take that off the table because I don't think you can expect earned media. You still got to work. You still got to distribute your content, right? Something we right. talked about earlier, you and I, right? So you can create the best content in the world, but if people don't see it, you're not going to get anything. So you do have to kind of work and get a PR agency or do your own PR and do outreach mm-hmm. and get that in front of the right people. However, if your report is good and you're talking about relevant topics and you have some interesting findings you can for sure get press mentions in the big sites. You know, uh, we've gotten press mentions in New York Times and Inc. and Forbes and all those big companies and publications, which is wonderful. Yeah. It really gives your brand a 
bit of some gravitas, right? Oh, look at such and such was mentioned in the New York Times. Like that's any founder's dream. Now, is that going to definitely happen? Of course not. But you still have a lot of opportunities to get industry publications to speak about your research or, you know, just other smaller sites that are still great where, you know, your audience is spending time reading these other sites. And, you know, they might not only just mention you, they might give you backlinks and that can help, you know, raise your domain authority and help your organic content do better over time. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. I like that you add that gap, that asterisk that you need to work with your PR partner and you need to actually do the outreach and the distribution to get that earned media. I guess when you hear earned media, you think it just happens. Mm -hmm. You earned it because you did such an amazing report. Right. But if no one knows it exists, then it doesn't really matter. Totally. It's just like those overnight success stories. Like, oh, this company, this person's an overnight success. Well, no, they've been working at it for 20 years. They're only finally getting recognition now. It's the same thing with content, right? doesn't just automatically get recognition. Exactly. So how often would you recommend that a brand either sponsors original research or conducts it themselves? If you decide that it's something that you'd like to do as part of your strategy, once a year is great because we have found that a report can drive business results for a whole year. So if you put out a report in February, you might still be seeing revenue uptick a year from now. It's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, We even had some reports that were doing well for us in year two, which is really, really incredible. At the Predictive Index, we used to do about four reports a year. So, you know, obviously with content velocity, the more you do many times, the more impact you are able to get Mm -hmm. if you're able to maintain the same quality and rigor in terms of your distribution and promotion. Well, based on what I learned from your course, then it probably took you that entire quarter to create that next report. So it was a lot of a lot of research you were doing. It's a lot of work to do a report well. I know a lot of people don't have the budget or the internal resource to spend a whole quarter doing a report. That's okay. You don't always have to have a big massive report with thud factor. You can put out mini reports. There are easier, lightweight ways to publish original research at any budget. That actually goes right into my next question is budget. What should brands expect or what should they plan to budget when they're doing original research? Depends on who you want to survey. If you have people who are on your list that will take your survey, if you have somebody who has the time and bandwidth to reach out and ask people to take a survey, really depends, right? So I've seen some companies do it try to do it for $0. And they have like a marketing generalist who will make the survey themselves uh, using, say, SurveyMonkey. They'll go into all these different communities and Slack groups and social media and say, hey, you know, are you a marketer? Can you take my survey? And if the barrier to entry for your survey is super light and easy, like we're surveying all marketers, doesn't matter if you're a full-time marketer, freelance marketer, doesn't matter if you're entry level, doesn't matter where in the world you live. That is pretty easy to do. People will take your survey. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, at the Predictive Index and with most of the clients I work with, we're surveying senior leaders. So the average senior leader is not going to just be like, sure, I'll take your survey that you put in this random community. They might not even be in that random community. So you typically need to work with a research provider 
who has access to the audiences you want to survey. And the more niche your your list or your specifications get, the more expensive it gets. Like if Mm -hmm. I want to survey C-level executives in the waste management industry, that's going to be really expensive. It's real niche. (laughs) Just keeping that in mind, the average cost of a survey of between 200 to 300 people might be anywhere between 10 and $20,000. Yeah, I was looking at, and it depends on how many people you're getting to fill out that survey too, because if you're not like bootstrapping it and you're paying for each of those submissions to your survey, it could be what is like $60 per survey sometimes. Oh, it really depends. It really does depend. Um, They call it like per complete. Yeah. Per quality complete. They charge you for the quality completes, not just all the completes. If you work with a good partner, they'll weed out the the responses that seem fraudulent or inaccurate. And then also, if you're working with one of these partners and you're purchasing an audience, you'll pay for that. And you can also use that survey with your own house list. So if you also want to see if anybody in your network's got to take the survey, you can do that. And that'll just add on to the price because they'll have to then clean the data and do that for you. So usually that might add like an extra thousand or two thousand dollars. That's a good note to add. I know I emailed you this question when I took your course, but how many participants would you recommend minimum for a survey for it to be legitimate? So I have been told by data scientists that are well-educated, much more well-educated than myself, that the minimum is 200 to ensure statistical significance. So Mm -hmm. any survey has to have at least 200 people within a given audience. Okay, so you have this budget set Now, how can you stretch your ROI from a research report? What are different ways that you can use that information to get more? Well, first, you can chop it up a million different ways. I always make sure that when I work with a client, I make sure I know what industries are their ICP so that when I'm talking with the survey provider, I can say, we need to have at least X percent of people from these five industries And then what you can do is you can slice and dice the interesting findings within each industry and put those out as blog content and social posts. You can take the survey data, you can do webinars, you can do, you know, co-marketing webinars to get that data in front of a whole new audience. You can talk about it on a podcast. There's just so many different things you can do to repurpose and get the most mileage out of that data. You can obviously put it on your product pages. You can do so much with it. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier, you can use this study information for an entire year and it's still relevant. Mm -hmm. So there's a million ways you can repurpose it and the distribution can happen at least for a year. Right. And then if you're targeting certain job titles, you could put out an ebook that speaks to one of the job titles. You could have that right in the headline, whereas maybe you don't have that in the report headline. But let's say I'm surveying VPs of sales and VPs of marketing that can go into two different ebooks. One's targeting the sales leader. One's targeting the marketing leader. I can put some paid behind that. Somebody comes to my site. I could, you know, in that ebook, maybe the report doesn't talk about our product, but the ebook can. So the ebook can start with the data. It can end up with the product and I can use that in a retargeting campaign. So people that are already familiar with my brand now I'm going to retarget them with this ebook that speaks to their job title and talks about how to solve their problems with our product. So there's a lot of ways you can move people along the funnel with the data. And that just reminded me that you can use ABM to be able to get 
more power from it. The mm-hmm. people that may have downloaded the report, you can target them in, in advertising with these extra pieces to get, you know, because it takes what? I think, I think at this point, it's like 15 touches before someone's like, okay, yeah, I'll consider working with you. I mean, it seems like that to me. I really never make a move on the first interaction, right? I mean, every great once in a while, if I'm in market to buy and the copy really blows me away and I see social proof and then maybe I'll make a move on one or two touches, but that is for sure the exception to the rule. Yeah. I mean, as we were talking about, I do some real stalking before I make any decisions about anything. And the same goes for purchases. When someone reaches out to me and they just want to sell me immediately, I'm like, hmm, that seems like a red flag. And that's so true. That's the difference. I have never said yes to outreach. Never. Yeah. For me, like when I say yes on, there has been a recent instance where I did say yes in like the first touch. It's because I was already in market. I was already looking. I happened to come across this ad in my feed and the copy spoke to me. There was tons of social proof and I ended up moving forward after one phone call. So sometimes it can happen, but that's for sure like the only time that's happened in the last like five years. Yeah. And I would say when that happens to me, at least I've already heard about them. I've already started to trust them because I've read their content before and follow them on social. And then if they happen to reach out to me to pitch me something, I'm a lot more open after I've already experienced them. Totally. And like for me personally, in this case, I don't just know I have a problem. I know exactly what my problem is. I've done tons of research to define and understand it. I know what solutions are out there. I might not have known this particular solution, but I know of others. Mm -hmm. And I know what value I can expect to get if I go through this solution to solve my problem. So like I'm bought in. All I have to see is like, oh, this this speaks to me. Something about this feels right and I'm ready to, to pull out the credit card. Yeah, and that's not just you. That's everybody now. The whole sales process happens without a salesperson. Yep, for sure. We're, we're like, we're self-educating and then we'll narrow it down and then maybe we'll talk to a salesperson because we need to demo or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 60% of the sales process in B2B now happens before ever speaking to a sales rep. Mm-hmm, which means content marketing is more important than ever. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. But before we wrap up this conversation, can you explain how people can work with you, where they can find you online, anything you're working on? Yeah. So I'm the only Erin Balsa on LinkedIn. So well, lucky. Convenient. <laughs> so convenient. So lucky that I married a guy with an unusual last name. <laughs> so you can search for Erin Balsa. And you'll find me on LinkedIn. I also have a website, erinbalsa.com. And on that website, you can access my course. I have one course right now called the Research Report Playbook. And I teach people how to create original uh, research reports that drive leads and demand and thought leadership and act as a tool across the entire funnel, even to support your sales enablement, even to get you speaking engagements and press mentions and backlinks. And it's just such a powerful piece of content. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Erin Belsa is an absolute rock star. 
And if you aren't following her on LinkedIn, get over there and do it. I took her original research course and it was done so well. It was perfection. It is super quick to take. It really doesn't take long, but it's also complete, which is nice. They didn't skimp on any of the information. I highly recommend it. So go to her website and make sure to check out her original research course. Before you go, don't forget that I release my newsletter every Tuesday. And we're talking about the latest inbound marketing tactics all through the lens of effective and efficient systems. So check that out. It's perfect for those tiny marketing departments, hence the name of my company. Head to saranoalblock.com slash newsletter to sign up or just look in the description. It should be there. And see you next time. Next time, we'll be talking about how to repurpose those research reports. See you then. Hello, and thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with their audience. Book done-for-you content marketing at sarahnoelblog.com. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. See you next time, friends.